Hey guys, welcome back to Growth Hack Secrets. This is your host, Robin Copernicus. And back on our show is Daniel C.H. He dropped a really good value bomb for us on the first episode. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check out that episode. Daniel, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so for those that didn't get to catch the first show, a quick recap on kind of like what you've been doing for the past couple years and how you got to where you are right now. I would say the most favorable thing is I've started the Legit Checkup almost three years ago. It initially was just a side project, so I thought it would be a one-time thing. You know, I'm, I, I was learning how to code. I published the app. I learned that I don't like coding that much. I actually love seeing coders do their work, but I don't like it being me, if that makes sense. I left it off as a, as a side project, you know, like a one-time thing, and I got back to doing graphic design because that's what I was doing, which I scaled into an agency. The agency and Legit Checkup were kind of growing together, but Legit Check outpaced it. And at a certain point, I said, okay, I'll spend more time with the app, with Legit Check, and less time on doing graphic design, to a point where I, where I dropped the agency, which is now on hold, so to speak. And because the, the agency was focused on working with SaaS companies, what I'm doing now is I'm setting up a couple of SaaS tools myself, one for Legitcheck and two others for, for the SaaS CH group, which I mentioned earlier. So uh, that would sum it up. Okay, so on our last show, you dropped your best growth hack secret, which was having a mission statement, having a, a purpose within your company for you to actually be able to scale. And you've actually scaled your company to 2.5 million users. So how did you develop your philosophy, that mission statement for how you were gonna grow your company? You know, I'm, and here's something that no one would tell you, I think, because we always like to, to make up stories, no matter who you are, whether you make your or not, or something happened, we always like to make the story after it happened. And maybe sometimes there wasn't really a story. So if I put it out that I might be making a story, it's at least one step forward. So long story short, I got lucky. I did it subconsciously. I did it without becoming aware. I didn't read anywhere, though I did read at a later point, it's good to have a mission statement. But um, what I've done basically with the Legit Checkup, the reason why I started was, all right, fine, I wanted to, to learn coding. But to me, I used to resell sneakers, uh, high-end sneakers, like sold out shoes, which are which you can't really get in the, in the retail store anymore. So my mission statement was, I wish there would be a, a, a public source of information through which both you and I can have a look at and say, this is how the fake is, this is how the authentic version is. And we, we both know we can trust it because I'm not telling you, if you're my buyer, I will not be telling you, trust me, this pair of shoes or this, this Gucci shirt is authentic. We both need like a public source to which we can both point at, which is, for instance, the, the Michelin Guide, which, which puts out the one, two or three stars for restaurants or the Guinness World of Records. It's the same thing as if you and I would be walking past a tree and I would say, this is the tallest tree I've seen in my entire life. It has to be the greatest in the world. We would have to look at the Guinness World of Records because some people made it their mission statement to put together in a book, which I think comes out yearly. I don't really, I should know given that I'm giving the example, but uh, some people are, are putting out the source to, towards which we can all look at. Okay. What would you suggest for a young founder that, you know, needs to get that clarity on paper? How would you suggest he find that inspiration and actually get something down so he can avoid making a mistake of not having one? This is always a, a tough question and a good one, by the way. No answer is going to be precise because it's more art than science. But I, I want to have a take at it, which is, I would say, if you're not the type of person who's opinionated, who, who has an opinion about many things or doesn't have a natural ten tendency to say that might be wrong, 
maybe try and cultivate it. And when I say cultivate it, of course, it's going to come with some with some drawbacks, which is sometimes you're going to say you can have an opinion about something you don't know anything about, or you know, you're going to have to pay the price if you're not that type of person. If you are that type of person, I would say keep doing that. Of course, life has shown you when you're doing too much of that, maybe with your friends, maybe on the internet, maybe whatever. But um, if you develop opinions about what's out there in the world and how things should be, in your opinion, if you keep doing that, you start seeing where some needs are. The same way Michelin did that in, in 1900, it's actually the, the Sharp, 1900 Sharp, when they made it, they started the Michelin guidebook because it was, there was something wrong, which was they were selling tires and the problem was there were only a couple hundred of cars in France. So what they did was they wanted to make tourism something. And I, I'm sorry, I'm going a bit off no, no, this topic is good, here. This but is good. Yeah. So what they did is I can go with this story for, for a long while. I'll keep it short. Their point was we're selling tires. There aren't enough cars. How should we do it? Well, we need to make more people buy cars, but we're not making cars ourselves. So they said they what they wanted to get into was we need to make people use cars as opposed like they were, they were already betting on the fact that cars are going to be more and more sold. So they basically took upon themselves to make tourism something and to aid tourism. So that was their mission statement. So what they did was they made a whole, can I swear on this podcast or is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's. it's they, made, they, they, <laughs> they made a big fuck off book in which they put together all, all kind of information like where can you find gas? Because back there, there wasn't a gas station. Back there, you only bought gas in canisters at the pharmacy or something like that. They put up a list of the best restaurants, which is why today we have the Michelin stars in restaurants. They made up a list of where to find lodging, where to sleep overnight, different stuff for cars, for motorcycles. So to get back to the point I was trying to make, they were trying to make tourism something by making this book, which was, you know, no internet. Back then you would have it in your car or in your, in your motorcycles pockets so as to you know eventually use more tires so they could sell but they did more than that by the way it wasn't just a michelin book they militated to the government that they should put up signposts which today are you know what we see like uh, speed indicators or, or stuff like that so to get back to the real the first first question what would i advise a young founder not that i'm very old would be if you do have opinions maybe push harder on it because sooner or later you will see something wrong with the world and you may have a lot of opinions about what comes up next is if you look at any great person, what they did for themselves was they took up responsibility on something. So once you care about something, if you take it upon yourself to Michelin did it with tourism, Guinness did it with, with the records, you know, with trivia. I did it to, of course, a way smaller degree than these two giants I've mentioned with a public source of what's authentic, what's fake. And anyone you look at that took responsibility for something, maybe put more on your shoulders, I would suggest. I'm glad you shared that story because it's actually kind of brilliant, like how Michelin was about to market outside of where you would expect a tire company to market. And I think just that story alone should inspire many new founders on how to think outside the box and market in different ways. It is interesting because Guinness did kind of the same thing, but that was 60, 70 years later. The two founders or anyways, two senior people in Guinness were, were out there hunting, I think. And they had a bet on the bird they shot, whether it was the biggest or whatever. And this is how the Guinness World of Records came out, but it didn't just, you know, it wasn't just the bet with these two people were hunting. The founder or CEO or whatever person at that time, I should really research the story before telling it, but excuse me for that. The founder slash CEO slash whoever it was, 
commissioned someone to build the, the book of world records and they made one, but then it was just that. But then when sales started plummeting, because this is what happened to them, they started doing what's now because they're old school uh, marketing, uh, focus groups, research, that kind of stuff. So to fast forward to the end of it, the two main things that people were talking about in bars were football and trivia. And that's when it all connected because, oh, trivia, we made this thing a couple of years ago. We should start doing more and more of it. It had the name Guinness Book World of Records. It didn't mention, it didn't have something specifically to beer, to, I don't know, anything that's super connected, but just like Michelin did, which was like a like a funnel, like a, another piece of the puzzle, but not directly neighboring it. Eventually, the Guinness Book World of Records poured its fruits into the, the, the brand, the beer brand. Daniel, we're going to have you back on the next show because out of all your experience, I think one of the most important things that people can actually learn from are people's failures. So within your three years of scaling your SaaS, I'm pretty sure you've ran into a lot of failures that you could share with us. But before I let you go, I kind of want to ask you, what is the nicest sneaker that you have in your collection? Are you into sneakers? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I have the, I've managed to get the off-white uh, Air Jordan 1, the Chicago, the first, first pair, which okay. was... Actually, in November 2017, I think, or September, very close to when I when I released the app, and I'm I'm planning to stock it for at least five years. I'm already three years into it. I'm not wearing it. It's a bit. It, it's about my size, but that that I would say is my favorite one. Have you worn it at all? Or is it dead stock? It's dead stock. I'm stocking it. I, I just want to keep it for at least five years. What's yours? Let's see. What is my favorite? Some of my favorites are actually ones that don't aren't even like really well known it's just like finds that i found in different places where i've been traveling so one is a pair of adidas that has all these really wild colors and each shoe is different so it's got like pinks blues greens and it's really wild i wish i could show it um i have a pair of the yeezys that they it was supposed to be limited it was the cream white ones but they yeah. ended up just selling you know as many as possible but i still like them They're, it's not yeah. dead stock i've worn them actually once i still have the tags on them and wow. yeah, sneakers are definitely fine. But yeah, Daniel, we'll have you on the next show to talk about your failures. And guys, thank you for tuning in to Growth Hack Secrets. Love you guys so much. And we'll see you on the next show. Bye. Bye-bye.